Thanks for tuning in to Timberlake's Message Podcast. Taking your next right step doesn't have to be live on the weekend. It can be right now. So whether you're checking this message out for the first time or you're just looking for a weekday refresher, we hope you can apply to your life these practical teachings and through that, come closer to God. To find your next right step, check out the connection card at timberlakechurch.com connection card or find it on the Timberlake Church app. Enjoy the message. I'm Ben, I'm the lead pastor. I'm so glad that you're here today. And what we're gonna be doing is a little bit of celebrating, but a lot of looking at the Bible as well. Uh, also, you may have noticed is that although it's happened late in life, I've also started to go through puberty. And uh, yeah, so uh, they'll, keep, they'll keep me loud so I don't have to uh, shout too much. Uh, but here's what we're gonna do is we're gonna look through the book of Acts today and we're gonna look at really who God has called us to be together. Uh, good to see so many of you here uh, with uh, football season. Uh, well, it's not over, but it's over for us, right? And, <coughs> excuse me, uh, but I'm gonna do some word association. The first one is pigskin, touchdown, Seahawks, what? Okay, maybe I'll try this again. Now, you can say this out loud. Okay, uh, island, volcanoes, tropical vacation. Okay, come on. Okay, what, uh, loud. Okay, this one. Demonic, occult, Friday the 13th, bad luck. Cat. Okay, you should have had that one. And then this one right here. Nigeria, China, Russia, Turkey, Egypt, Mexico, Colombia, Australia, Japan, Korea, Malaysia, India, Poland, Kenya, Ethiopia, the Philippines, and a whole lot more. Timberlake Church, yeah, yeah. A lot, lot of people from all over uh, the world. And really, uh, who better to speak on International Sunday than a 50-something white guy? And so, uh, because we thought that was the best case. Uh, you know, it's sort of funny, when we came to this church about 15 years ago, again, the story, we were one church, one location, one service. You and the balcony didn't exist yet because we added that. And, uh, and it looked pretty much the same. People of one ethnicity and uh, really primarily one age group. And when we prayed about what we wanted the church to look like, it was just very simple is we want our church to look like what heaven looks like. That it'll be people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And that, that how that happens is often counterintuitive. In fact, I'll have people often with sort of a political agenda saying, hey, you know, how does this happen? And they want their political agenda. And I have to tell you, you have to lay that aside or it never happens. It's really... First, coming together, although diversity and, and is a value of ours, it's not our mission. It comes together with our mission is to know and grow in Jesus Christ. And what that has produced is a church and churches we planted that uh, are really some of the very most diverse in the Puget Sound region. Uh, this starts back in the Bible uh, as you look at leadership in the church. It says this. Now there were uh, in the church there, uh, that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was also called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manan, uh, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And we see this really interesting, even in the early church, uh, that, that this 
broad group of people. Uh, someone who would, from an Arab background, from a black African background, European, uh, an Israeli background. And, and God uses all sorts of people. Uh, and it's funny, when he does use people together, it tends to be more powerful. Uh, and uh, I have this bias and my bias is that uh, I think any monoethnic church, whether it's you know Anglo or Korean or Chinese or African or Arab, I don't think that's God's plan. I think it's God's plan that we're effective in the community we are and that we start to live like heaven's gonna be like. Our mission is this though, is to create more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. This mission uh, truly drives everything we do as a church. Uh, and, and we see this uh, early on, how the church came together. Uh, we read, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone, and you'll notice uh, this if you had a, an old school Bible, which I know you don't, you all have them on your phone, I do as well, uh, that you would have circled everyone with awe and many wonders and signs and uh, wonders were done by the apostle. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling the possessions and goods, uh, you can, and they gave to anyone who has need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, as a church, if you're new around here, this is a great Sunday uh, to talk. We're, obviously, we're honoring uh, people who are come from every nation and background. Uh, that's important today. But really what we're talking about is our mission. And as you look at the variety of people involved in the early church, as you look around here, uh, whose mission is this? It's our mission together. Now, if you've been around the church in a period of time, we want to invite you into that. One of the things, I'm glad that Timberlake Church has become known uh, by many people around the region. But it's not, no, many people don't know who I am or other leaders are. They sort of know that there's this thing, this group of people who are called together and that God is doing something. And so what I want to do today is to explore with you sort of the Timberlake way as a church and how uh, we move forward in a powerful and positive way as a church. So uh, we're going to do that uh, and you're going to understand also what the scripture says as well. And the invitation is if you're here and you've not yet said yes to Jesus, that you'll understand that God has something for you. Now, I've shared before uh, that for me, it's not so much that I came from another country. Well, I came from Tacoma, which is like another country. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I, it's not so much I came from another country, is that I just wasn't used to a church background. I, I, I never went. We didn't even go Christmas or Easter. None of that was part of our environment. We were very irreligious. But someone introduced me to faith in Jesus Christ. And part of the deal was, I got to tell you, at many points, I felt like I didn't belong. 
In Timberlake, as you see today, and my wife and I have had the opportunity to lead other churches, of all of them become very uh, multi-ethnic, larger churches. And, and, and with that, it, it's this radical commitment that you would know that there's not only a place for you that you're wanted and welcome, and God has something for you. Leadership in your life. And it doesn't matter whatever the thing is that you think is keeping you from that thing. Because we all have excuses, right? I, I was at the gym yesterday, and I kid you not, talking to a friend. and said, I haven't got out much since COVID. I'm like, dude, it's been a while. You know, it's been three years at this point. And uh, so, uh, which by the way, these are allergies. So don't worry if you're uh, afraid of COVID. Actually, if you weren't, you wouldn't be here. You'd be at Costco. Which is true, right? None of you all watching online. There's not one of you. You're, you're, and you could tell me, I think you're lying, but you've been to Costco, crowded, full of people. And uh, it's sort of funny. Every once in a while, I'll get this from people. I'll go, I'll go to Costco after the church, after church services, and uh, because I don't know, somehow going to Costco helps deepen my worship experience. So I'm in Costco, Costco's crowded on Sundays, and someone will come up to me, oh, pastor, I'm sorry, I missed church. I'm like, I didn't know. <laughs> you could have lied. You know, it would have made me feel better, God, not so much. You know, you could have said best sermon I ever heard, which may be true. <laughs> so, uh, but, but, I don't even know what I was saying, but... <laughs> It, it was good, though. Anyway, uh, the, the, this, this whole idea is that, that God has called us to get connected. And this is not, I'm glad, honestly, I'm glad that our church is growing and has, has seen things in and through the pandemic and afterwards that's miraculous. But unless you're growing, unless you take a personal step to follow Jesus Christ and do something that you weren't doing yesterday, we have not fulfilled our mission. We want you, Jesus wants you to take a next step. And that's what this series has been about, Crash Course. So I'm gonna try to be kind and gentle and non-offensive, which rarely works. But what I'm gonna try to do is help you do the thing you want. Because I know there's some of you, you're Christians and you know your excuse is lame. You say, well, I, I just, you know, I'm not feeling it anymore. And you know, you're not doing the thing God called you to do and everything else you try, Jesus never said to do it. And now you're wondering why. It's sort of like, I don't know if you know, there's a place. Have any of you been to legendary donuts yet? Have you, you have not, you have not, you have not experienced the joy of the Lord. Okay, it came up from Pierce County, which many things come up, the good things in life, such as your pastor. And these donuts are incredible. I'm trying not to eat donuts. I'm trying, but I can't help it. And it's sort of, but I know that if I do that, that's not gonna help me get to where I need to be health-wise. And honestly, we fool ourselves so often. And what God wants, he wants a bet. It's not like he wants something from you. He wants something for you. Just like my friends that say, I wasn't at church. That's okay, but you are not going to grow spiritually. You're going to probably go backwards. I'm not saying that you can find another church, but that is what is going to happen. So what I want to do is I want to challenge you to live a life on mission. 
And I just want to be radically honest. And so if you say, hey, man, I'm not going to do this, just be honest and say, I have chosen to go backwards in my faith. Okay, I'm done. No, that's, that's sort of harsh, wasn't it? I can't see my notes. That's what happens. I, I really pray that your families are restored, that you have more faith, that, you have, that God even blesses and prospers you in your life. But you have to do it the Jesus way. See, Jesus gives his way. Doesn't mean you're not gonna go through any problem. It just means that God is gonna be with you. That there's something that I know that when I'm on track with God, when I'm living according to his purposes, that I don't need, I don't need to worry about what other people think about me. I don't need to worry about the sin that has weighed me down. That I can be free that I can live a life of faith and hope and that literally, and this is not just feel good, this is the word of God for you. And I want that for you. I, 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 I probably spend more time, you can probably tell, I spend more time praying for you before a message than I do preparing. I'm just like, Lord, what do you, what do you wanna do in people's lives? Lord, what, what do you wanna heal? What, what wound? God, where do you want people who stop believing in you for their faith, for their marriage, for their fight? Where do you want to help them believe again? And so what I want you to do is just understand that yes, we're talking about the mission of the church, but, but yes, God loves you. That almost sounds trite sometimes. But he loves you so much. If you were willing, he wants to do more than you could ask or even imagine, the Bible says, in your life today. Well, I also think that's through, true of us as a church. So what's the Timberlake way? Is one, we have an unconventional approach. And, and, and that sort of, you know, you look at the Bible, there's always unconventional people. John the Baptist, it said he, you know, he ate locusts and wild honey. How do you feel if you dropped your kid off on Sunday school and there was a teacher eating locusts and wild honey? Not too comfortable, right? God uses all sorts of people. In fact, I had one pastor I heard say, hey, if, you know, Ben Sigmund can grow a church, anyone can. That's true. I didn't take that. I just, because it's always been about God. It really has. You know, too, it's sort of funny. We did this online thing. Uh, we started almost immediately when I got here about 14 years ago. And I remember, uh, then we started an online campus, hired an online campus pastor, did all that kind of stuff. Uh, probably, I don't know, six years ago. I'm not sure how long ago it was. Uh, but I had people say, you can't do that online. Church online is not real church. Can I tell you what happened three years ago? Those pastors called me, help me get my church online because the pandemic happened. See, we can't see, but God sees when we, and, and I'll tell you what, I meet people almost every week. The first time you ever came was online. And that's good. Do we want you to grow if you can get in a community? Absolutely. But we got to try to do things that no one else is doing to achieve different results. You might say, well, you know, what about me? Uh, that's good for the church, but it's not good for me. Can God use someone like me? Good news is the Bible says yes. Look at what this says. But God chose what? Okay. I'm going to try one more time. God chose 
the, the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And I don't think that's over. This isn't about you. Most people here, our church is, you know, sort of the region we're in. Many of you, you're better educated than most, have been more successful. And, and, that, and that's great. That's awesome. But are you successful in your faith? Are you successful in honoring God? That happens when you're saying, I'm willing to take a step. I'm willing to move forward. When's the last time that you tried something that was a, you know, a little unconventional? Maybe for you, the unconventional thing was you came to church today and you just said, okay, I'm going to just see what this is about. And it's no accident that you're here. God, you might be caught in the past, but God is looking towards your future. And it's a bright one when you include him. Part of this is number two, a divine boldness. It is that there's sort of a divine boldness as we move forward in our faith, that, that we want to uh, just really move ahead. See, oftentimes what happens is we get timid. I remember when I first became a Christian, it was this little traditional church. I'd already uh, had accepted Jesus, and I was uh, in high school, and there was a high school play. And they had, it was during Easter, uh, they asked me if I wanted to be in it. Uh, they did a casting call. Uh, I got cast as Jesus, which I didn't know at the time. It's a very central role. See, I wasn't new to all this. I knew Jesus mental, but so I was there. But the problem was, it's a musical. And if you've ever heard when the mic has not been muted, it's not pretty. And so it was a musical, and the teacher at the high school, uh, local, she excellent, gave private voice lessons. She said, I'm going to work with you for three months. Everybody can sing if they are properly trained. And so I had private voice lessons for three months. And at the end of the three months, she said, Ben, there are some rare exceptions. <laughs> but it was too late. There was already the play. And then, and then what would happen uh, was, it, it was sort of funny. They were, I had this like thing I was supposed to sing and I moved the mic from here down to here. And she was disappointed. The director was disappointed, but Jesus was happy that day. <laughs> it would have been awful. And we get a little timid and maybe it's something we've done in our past. Maybe it's that we feel like we don't know enough. God asks you to show up right where you are, right who you are. And in that moment, you, you it, old school world, you would testify to the grace of God. You would say, God, I believe you can use me. I've shared this before. Our, our, our neighborhood, divine boldness. My, almost all my neighbors uh, are not Christians or either another religion or, or something else. By the way, if uh, your neighbors are bothering you, you know the way that you get them to not talk to you again? Tell them you're a pastor. Yeah, so, but I have to decide, am I going to reach out? We see the early church, it says this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and by the way, for those of us who come from maybe a more charismatic background, we think of the sign gifts, tongues and healing and all of that. And those are all true. But the primary evidence was this, and they spoke the word of God boldly that they spoke the word of God and there was something that happened there. 
as they really uh, shared their faith. Here's what happens, I know, on International Weekend. Some of you, because there are people from all sorts of countries, and I've heard this, and I, I want to be respectful, but I want to say this. You might only be here, you're maybe here for a lifetime, maybe here for a couple years, but can I tell you, you are here, and your ministry needs to be here right now. It's not in the future, it's today. Your relationship's today. Don't delay anything. There's people, when there's people in the lobby and you see someone else who maybe uh, is from the same country as you and, and you can reach out, there's something just so wonderful that happens. Even if they're not from the same country, just, it doesn't matter. It's just saying that you're wanted and you're welcome and you're included. And even though it didn't happen to me being from another country, but being from really not much of a faith background, when someone did that when I was a high schooler, my life was changed. How I lead my life, not only as a pastor, but my, uh, with my kids and my finances, every other way. Because someone was willing to reach out. And that really leads to number three, a risk-taking faith. That, that we are willing, we all take risks. Sometimes we take foolish risks. But are we willing to take a risk for God? Here's what it says in Hebrews 11:6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So where is God calling you and me to greater faith? I don't know what area that it would be in your life, but my guess is you do. And that God is, you're on the other side of a miracle right now. If you'll lean in and trust the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who gave his only son and raised him from the dead and promises that same power is available to us. So where are we going to take? And look at all the things it says about this riskiness. Jesus put it this way, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. There's an inverse economy and it means that anyone can do this for it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, there's, there's both the, uh, the personal uh, and then there's practical and then there's a corporate that we do together. As a church, we have decided to continue to take Big, big risks and take step of faith. It would be easy to say, okay, hey, we made it through the pandemic. Things are going great. But God has so much more for this region. And God's gonna use us. I think we're a big part of it. I don't think it's only us. But how are we gonna do that? As a church, we're taking steps forward. Uh, some of our missions efforts, that's something that's expanded. We hired a full-time missions pastor last year and sending out people and giving money. We're uh, partnering with Convoy Hope this year, uh, helping, I think, about $50,000 uh, for aid for the Ukraine. How are we doing that? Well, we don't know. We're hoping you'll be faithful. I'm not gonna beat you up over it, but we took a step of faith. We're helping students in Montevideo, Uruguay, which is probably the most secular city in Latin America, according to many. And we're doing ministry there and we're uh, helping change the culture of the leaders. We decided to do that as a new step of faith. With ARC, we're helping uh, associated related churches. We're planting new churches. We've always planted and replanted churches in the region. One of the things that I'm excited about is we are partnering with other churches led by former Timberlake staff people 
that have been on staff, large churches in the region, much like ours, Life Point Church in Lake Stevens, uh, Gold Creek Church, multiple locations, all of that and with Southeastern University to develop ministry leaders. There's less people who are studying sort of how to prepare for ministry than really ever before in the state of Washington. And so we wanna change that. Your board has committed a significant amount of financial resources and time and energy because we want the next generation to really grow and to know and to have a place. And I just wanna say thank you because as we take these risks, these steps of faith, God does great things. But you know what? It's also, what's our step? What are we going to do? Uh, Pastor Lance talked about a couple of things, uh, just good opportunities. One uh, is we have our membership class next weekend, Discover Timberlake. You don't have to become a member, but if you're not connected, man, get connected. That's a great place. It's probably the place you should start. Then two weeks later, Baptism. Baptism is a big deal. Baptism is actually a command from Jesus in the Bible that everyone who believes should be baptized. And it's always, now some of you are baptized as kids, which is great about your parents' faith, but that's not what the Bible's talking about. It's talking about since you've believed, have you been baptized? It's also, a, and I don't know what God does. God does something amazing when we take that step of obedience. And you know, if you want to do something to reach your friends and neighbors, uh, who they, they, they may be another faith, they may not even like God. But it's funny, there are two times a year people, well, maybe three, that people will usually always come to church. They'll usually come Christmas Eve, and anyone will usually come if you're getting baptized because for some reason, your friends want to see you held underwater. I don't know why. But it's sort of, so I'm encouraging you to sign up. It doesn't cost anything. This is just, it's an act of obedience. And, and so if you just sign up on your card, online, whatever, you know, uh, and God is gonna do something. See, here's what happens. Our willingness to risk is based on potential return. We're always asking ourselves, is it worth it? I've had uh, some friends, I had a friend I just talked to about a month ago, he lost his house in a fire. Very tragic. And, and, and I've had that happen with another friend about a year earlier. And, and you think about that. If your house is on fire, you get out. That Praise God, that's wonderful. But would you go back in the house if you forgot something? The question is, is what is it worth? If it was uh, some books, you probably wouldn't go back in. Maybe your, uh, some collection you had of coins or something. Most of us wouldn't go back. Maybe you had like a, a hamster. It was there. You were worried about it. It cost $10. You can get a new one. But if it was your child, you'd, you'd risk everything. And see, God, that's what God did. God sent his one and only son. And it was not only a risk. He knew he would die on a cross. Pay the price for our sins. And when he rose again, that we could share that resurrection light. And you know what the Bible says then? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Here's the cool thing. All nations are here. And it doesn't mean you have to pick someone of a certain ethnic group or something like that. Don't be weird that way. But just anyone who God puts in your path, whether they look like you, come from the same country or not. Because we believe Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation to those who believe. 
And it happens when we say, I'm willing to risk and reach out. For faith comes through hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Number four, it's a broader definition of us. If, if you want to know what we're about as a church, we're about the mission of Jesus Christ, more and better disciples. But we've just defined us differently. Us as it doesn't matter what you where you come from, where you've done, your background of faith or not faith, this country, another country. I remember my sister and I, one of my nephews, a few years back, graduated from high school, and they had the high school graduation at the Tacoma Dome. And uh, so we went there, and you could tell who the popular kids were, because as the popular kids graduated, uh, everyone would, uh, you know, yay! You could tell the people who had family there. They'd graduate and there'd be, you know, five people. Yay. And then you could tell the people who had no one. You could tell the people they had no family. They didn't show up. They didn't have a lot of friends. This was just a sad chapter of their life that they were praying would be over. Well, my sister and I share this one trait in common. We're both maybe a few fries short of a happy meal. And so when we decided just almost immediately after a couple of these kids is we decided that we would clap for every kid like they were our kid. And it was interesting, I kid you not, within a with maybe within a minute, it changed the atmosphere of that big section of the Tacoma Dome. And all of a sudden, people who had no one cheering them on had people cheering them on. And, and there was a, re I, I truly believe in maybe a dumb little thing, but a little bit of redemption in that moment. And maybe you felt like there's no one cheering you on. And today I want you to know, yes, there is. God is, we are, but you have to take a step. That part is up to you. And it doesn't matter. Here's what the Bible says. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized in Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. Your family, you belong. God wants you here. But then there's that risky part, especially if you feel like, hey, I've heard that before and I've been rejected or got a lot of hurt. God says, no, will you come? Will you come and will you believe? I truly believe 2023 could be the very best year of your life. Maybe you've never come to Jesus and that's what, what God wants to do. Today would be your day. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for each and every person here. God, I thank you that we can come in faith to your grace. God, I, I pray for, honestly, my friends who maybe are originally from another country and the transition here has been hard, maybe even in church. God, I just pray that you would meet them in this moment. God, I pray for those of us who, who honestly, we, if we were gonna evaluate and where we're going to grow, that we just haven't taken the steps. God, we know we have to. And God, just give us the strength, the courage. Or maybe you're here and you, you've never said yes to Jesus. You, you say, Ben, I don't know Jesus the way you talk about him. You know that you can. And it comes from you receiving the very gift of God. 
And if that's what God's doing in your heart today, I encourage you to, to pray this. And don't pray out loud. I'm not going to have you come forward or anything. But the Bible says that we each decide to become a child of God. And if you want that, if you want his joy, his salvation, his peace, you say something like this to God just silently. Jesus, I want you in my life. I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins and I need that forgiveness. And I invite you to be the leader and Lord of my life. I'm not sure everything it'll mean, but I want to follow you. Here's what the scripture says, that if you've prayed that prayer or something like it, that God is with you, he will be with you in this life and the next. But you don't need to wait till the next life to start living. That can happen right now. Lord, we thank you that you call us together from all sorts of places, but you call us together for one mission, to serve you, to follow you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. As we move towards the end of the service, take a look at the screen. My name is Brooklyn, and this is my wife Fiona. We've been at Timberlake for almost six months. I grew up in Uganda with my grandmother. I lost my father when I was four years old. Um, my mother left me when I was around nine years old. So I spent most of my time with my grandmother. I always encouraged to love God and trust God. I grew up in the western part of Uganda, so very far away from where he grew up. I grew up in a Christian home. Eventually, along the way, I lost my dad. And my mom had to take on all six of us. I was working in the IT department. And at the time, he had left the department because he used to work there. And then when he returned, he found me in the department. And then he said to me, I want to marry you. <laughs> and I found it so strange. So we stayed friends. And eventually, I don't know what happened, but I said yes. <laughs> we, I traveled again. And when we came back, we got married and then we traveled together. From that time, we've done life together. Our um, dream was to live in the United States. When we came here, we had no clue about how to settle in another country. That was a very, very hard time for us. We got um, an immigration attorney. They filed for us asylum and it took like almost a full year. We approved for asylum, got work permits, started off life. We moved from Uganda to the United States. Then we moved around a little bit to a couple of states. Then after we ended up here in, the, in Seattle. We knew it would never be easy because mm. we're moving to a strange land to start mm. life afresh. So it was hard. It was, there were lonely times. We knew we needed to find church. Yeah. so that we could find a community. So we went on Google and started looking for churches for young people. I remember seeing Timberlake, then I'm like, let's try out this church. Yeah. So we drove and I promise you when we reached the parking, I told my wife, I think this is home. Yeah. And we were right. <laughs> as soon as we came in, we felt loved. Everyone like, people were welcoming us as if they were expecting us. We met so many other people because this is a cultural diversity church. We met yeah. people who became friends and up to now they are friends to us. And later on, we, we joined the re-engaged group where we met many other people who yeah. were so good to us. Uh, we shared life experiences with them. 
we felt like we belong and we still feel like we belong as family. This is the first time we've had friends that are really friends to us. This is a time, first time that we've, we have a, we belong to a big community, we can call home at this church. I feel overwhelmed by the love that has been shown to me and the faithfulness of God. Especially moving to the United States for, and there's no family. You've left all your friends back home. So it's the first time that I feel connected to people in a real way. One of the advice I can give you is to join the groups because not only just going and learning about God and fellowshipping, but you're gonna meet friends who are gonna be in your life for a long time. And this, this is very important as a young couple, as a Christian, to have people you're moving with in life who you, whom share the same values. To me, Jesus is everything, everything. I've grown up with little or nothing, and it's been the faithfulness of God. I'm who I am today because of Jesus. With him, I've been able to make the best decisions in my life. So I know without Jesus, for me, there's no life for me. Well, I hope you uh, have a great time in the lobby, eating snacks from all over the world. And I also hope that uh, we've had a lot of fun, but that today is going to be a day where you're going to say, God, I'm going to risk. I'm going to take a step of faith. Maybe it's for your own personal growth. Maybe it's in your mission and ministry. Will you pray with me one more time? God, I thank you. Thank you that uh, you work powerfully and we get to see. And God, there's only one hero in this room and it's you and we hold you up and we worship you and we thank you. God, I thank you for my friends again who took a faith step today, whether here, another room, online, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message podcast. If you'd like to watch the video version of this, visit our online campus at online.timberlakechurch.com, which is live Sundays at 9, 10, 15, 11, 30, and 5 p.m. Pacific time. And don't forget to check out our app for a one-stop solution for all things Timberlake. Thanks again, and I hope to see you this weekend.